Today on Against the Grain, I have three bold Against the Grain predictions for the 2020 season. We're going to talk to quarterback guru Quincy Avery about his guy Deshaun Watts' contract. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome back to the Against the Grain podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Perloff. I'm here with Mario Miranda, and you probably have missed us for six months. Yeah, I mean, we were like so hot for a while, and then we kind of just fell off the face of the earth, Andrew. Can I tell you what happened? Yeah, please tell me. March 11th, we had my friend Albert Breer on to talk about the you know COVID issues around the NFL, and it was a great podcast. We were hitting our stride. Then Rudy Gobert, test positive. Sports shuts down. Then the next week, I start feeling this tickle <laughs> in my throat and my chest. Then, boom, I got sick. For about six weeks, I would say I was playing at 80%. Now That's it? Only 80? So here's what the symptoms were. So I, I just so we're all clear, I tested positive for COVID antibodies. There were no tests at the time. It was late March. And I had about four hours of energy a day. So I would wake up and do the Dan Patrick show. And I was on Zoom. So you couldn't really see that I was struggling a little bit. Then at 12 o'clock noon Eastern, boom, I had zero. I, would, I could drink a cup of coffee and fall asleep for four hours. I was out of it. Uh, and I had all these weird symptoms. I didn't know what they were. So I called my doctor and we were trying to treat things that we didn't even understand what was going on. Nothing like scary or life-threatening. But that's the thing. With, you know, and I, so I believe it was coronavirus. There's a possibility I had a false positive. It was something else, but you never know. It was the weirdest thing, and I just could not get my head together for a long time. So any mental power I had had to go in the DP show because you were here, Mario. Or at least you were at home. Yeah, I was home. Could you tell I was struggling at all? Probably no, not. No. Yeah. I couldn't so, tell at all. Yeah. So anyway, it kind of knocked off all my side stuff, and then it took me about six weeks, and I was. I was ready to go again, except that we got back. There was no football. No. There was no nothing. There was we, no offseason. It's been the worst offseason ever. We bi- we missed everything we were building up to. Like we remember, we were like breaking down yeah. Jalen Rieger. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you know, all these you know second round uh, yeah. wide receivers, and then we didn't get to hit any of it. Anyway, so apologize about that. But now we're back in time for the football season. Football season. This is Tuesday that we're taping this. It does not seem like it's two days away. Like nobody is ready for it. You know, because all of a sudden you have the NBA, the NHL, and everything competing with it. But I think once the NFL starts, we'll get right back into that groove, which brings me to one of our first regular features here on the Against the Grain football podcast, my three Against the Grain takes. Dun, dun, dun. Boom, boom, boom. It's a pretty advanced segment here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Really, really produced this one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, first of all, uh, Adam Schefter, Schefter reported today, Alvin Kamara is close to reaching an extension with the New Orleans Saints. And against the grain, we do not pay running backs. We do not draft running backs. My first against the, tra- against the grain take, let's disregard our history of not wanting to pay running backs and just pay Alvin Kamara. You know how much I love Alvin Kamara? The mm. 2018 Alvin Kamara is one of my favorite players in recent NFL history. So he's the only exception to the rule. Well... No, there are a couple guys. Uh, you know, McCaffrey's spectacular, obviously. Uh, but he's what I like about him is he catches the ball. And I was looking at some footage today. 
He was hurt all last year, right? Ankle mm-hmm. and knee stuff. Then he kind of got his pop back at the end of the year. They played the Titans, a very good team. Uh, I think it was week 16. He catches a pass, and he turns back to the quarterback, goes four yards, and his receiver almost broke. Uh, his uh, defensive back almost broke broke his ankle on it. That dude cuts after a catch like nobody. And I feel like if the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be with him and Michael Thomas leading the way. And you have to do it. You have a one-year window right here. I do not need Alvin Kamara screwing around, maybe holding out. I'm all in on this move, which means he'll probably get hurt in week four. But if he's healthy, dude, there, I am even going to say it. I think he's better than McCaffrey. That is hot. I don't know how That's hot that is. That's super hot. He's better than McCaffrey. I know. Well, first of all, McCaffrey is a volume guy, dude. It's not like McCaffrey's Adrian Peterson where he's breaking 80-yard runs left and right. Yeah, McCaffrey's got incredible numbers, and he's he's an incredible player. And he does it all. He does it all, but so is Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara, they're both incredible wide receivers, but I think in this case I would, I would pay Alvin Kamara, which is totally against everything we stand for, but that's what you do. You have to be flexible here. So Saints are all in. You know, They tried to sneak away with Jadeveon Clown. It didn't happen. I like it, and I think they're going to be a dangerous team. Take number two, my breakout superstar wide receivers. You ready? I'm thrilled. Yes. So I have my fantasy draft tonight, so I'm super. I'm super. coming off two hardcore fantasy drafts, so I'm stuck on the skill position, guys. My first one, Denver Broncos rookie Jerry Judy. Now, as an official YouTube scout of the NFL, he is long time. You've been a long time YouTube scout. We all know this. He was probably the best player in last year's draft. And I don't even think that's a super hot take. I mean, Joe Burrow, one year wonder. Chase Young, Jadavion Clowney, 2.0. Jeff Okuda is a cornerback. You never know where he's going to go. Then you got tackles. Two is hurt. Justin Herbert has a ton to prove. I love Isaiah Simmons. But you go down the list. That, that's not a super hot take. Jerry Judy, he just had to share the ball in Alabama. He's like Julio Jones, and smaller Julio Jones. I love everything about him. Hearing from Denver, he just lights up practice every day. I think he's going to be an instant star. I think Denver's not bad. They're pretty good with Drew Locke. Well, a lot of people are like high on them because they got so many of those pieces in the draft, right? They got the, the other yeah. receiver. Yeah, I mean, Penn State kid. I mean, does it all fall on Drew Locke, whether or not uh, Jerry Judy is successful this year? Well, that's a problem. You know, you I mean, need it's your dependent on a second-year quarterback. Yeah, but he's got a huge arm. I mean, a monstrous arm. So I, I have no problem with that. Okay, my number two breakout wide receiver, and everybody has this guy, so it's not against the grain. Marquise Brown, I mean, I can't draft him high enough. Baltimore Ravens, speedster, put on weight. It's 100% recovered from a foot injury. <laughs> and Lamar Jackson, he might have a little bit of accuracy issues underneath, but not deep. This is a marriage made in heaven, and he's so excited. It's so fun to root for Hollywood Brown. He's like Tariq Hill, not quite Tariq Hill. He can't cut like Tariq Hill, but he adds that speed to that offense. You got to take him, Mario. Take him. Have a confession to make. Yeah. I had him on my team last year, and I'm in a keeper league. Y- oh, no. Who'd you uh, keep instead of him? Devontae Parker from the Dolphins. Oh, dude. Just because Devontae Parker finally showed up last year that you got too excited? Eh. Yeah. No, nah, I would have gone with Marquise Brown. And my third one is just um, sort of a personal favorite. Greg Ward for the Eagles came on at the end of last year. Now, I know you're a quasi-Eagles fan. So here's a stat on him. Over the last six weeks of the season last year, he caught 28 passes, which is top 10 in the last six games of any Eagles season. 
He was the only guy who could catch the ball last year. He was the only wide receiver they had on their team. Right. So they're, you know, they haven't really bolted up that much. Uh, you know, we'll see how what Deshaun Jackson does. But I think Greg Ward's going to be a really good player this year. I think he's the leading receiver on that team. So he's my third breakout receiver. And for my final against the grain take, three against the grain takes, highly produced segment. Boom, Are we going to put boom, something boom. in afterwards or here? Are you going to do something? No, I think my voice is uh, okay. fine already. Three, two, one. Bum, bum, bum. Team no one is talking about. Who? I'll let you guess. Who's legit? Team nobody There's is only 32 teams about. in the NFL, and we spend all offseason talking about all 32 of them. So this is <laughs> team that, all right, I'll give you a hint. Team that everyone talked about two years ago, and everyone has forgotten about this year. They play next to a big lake in the Midwest. You still don't. Know. The Packers? Oh, God. Cleveland the, Browns, dude, two years ago. Oh, that was last year we were talking about them. Right, which is now. A year ago, not two years ago. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, my math is <laughs> off. So I'm a big Kevin Stefanski guy. I'm maybe the only big Kevin Stefanski guy out of there. First of all, Philly guy, St. Joe's Prep, which is where Matt Ryan went. Uh, is also, have you ever seen that, uh, what's that show, the uh, 80s show, the Goldbergs? Yeah. The kids go to St. Joe's Prep in there, I believe, so that's uh, that's an interesting tidbit. Maybe edit that out later. Uh, okay, Kevin Stefanski, here's what he does. I'm going to get X's and O's. You ready? Yeah. So Stefanski, I watched him closely because he was the coach of my guy, Case Keenum, in Minnesota the year of the Minneapolis Miracle. He doesn't do shotgun. Every play, you do not know if he's going to run the ball or pass the ball. Legit. So Baker Mayfield has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt behind him. Defenses are going to be on their heels because it's not going to be like everyone else with four wide receivers out. And he really knows how to get the most out of wide receivers. He made Thielen and Diggs stars. I think he's going to really help all Landry, Odell Beckham. Loves a tight end. Austin Hooper is going to be a star. I don't know if Njoku does it. I don't even know because Austin Hooper is like perfectly built for a Stefanski yeah, offense. Everybody's saying that he's super hyped up. He had one great season last year, and nobody expects him to do anything this year. This Austin is Hooper. a great system for him. All right. I'm telling you, watch. It's going to be Baker rolls right, hand, uh, you know, he's going to fake the handoff, and he's going to hit Austin Hooper in the quarter of the end zone. Just get used to that. All I right. think this offense is not necessarily top five, but top eight. I really think they're good. Defense, I have no idea about. Also, maybe a little overhype of that division. I know people think that it's the toughest division, but I feel like they, you know, the Ravens are going to come down to earth a little bit. Just natural regression. Stats prove that that always happens. Steelers. Everybody, I mean, I heard yeah. something yesterday that they're like a team to beat. Who? The Steelers. Yeah, I know. The Steelers are good. They're really good, you know, with Ben there. They'll be better than last year, I mean. I don't trust, with no offseason, forget the Bengals. So I, I think there are some division wins to be had. They're, they're going to be a much better team. You know, and if, the, the other thing, the expectation is so low. If they're 9-7, and seven, that'll be success. So my guy, seven, Kevin Stefanski, I want to be on that bandwagon early. So you got it. So who? what are the bandwagons we're on right now? Alvin Kamara, Jerry Judy, Hollywood Brown, Greg Ward, and Kevin Stefanski. The Browns, pseudo the Browns. Yeah, and I was going to try and insert Daniel Jones into this podcast somehow because in New York they are buzzing about Danny Dimes, but I'm not ready to commit there. But one guy, and this is called a transition. Mario. Yep, I'm, I'm taking you're, notes. You're hosting the 1215 podcast. I am the, the host deep, of the 1215 The show. DP show, mm -hmm. backroom guy, post podcast. Yeah, which is crazy. You haven't been on yet, but I tried to get you on last week. No, no big deal. Let's. No, no, no. I, that, that would be a paid appearance for me. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> transitioning to a quarterback who everybody feels good about. 
Deshaun Watson got paid over the weekend, had a press conference where his family showed up on Zoom. He starts crying. I start crying. Uh, it starts talking about his mother, and everybody started crying. Uh, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, and the man behind him is Quincy Avery, our friend who's a quarterback coach and has really like sort of elevated himself this offseason. He's working with pretty much anybody. Uh, had a great draft pre-draft last year with mm-hmm. – Jalen Hurts, uh, and he has some quarterbacks coming up this year, Mario, that are really, really good. But uh, I want to catch up with him about Deshaun Watson and much more. All right, Quincy, where are you right now? Are you studying film? Are you on the field, like perfecting young players' techniques? What kind of intense, you know, quarterback guru stuff are you doing right now? Right now, I was actually very quarterback related. I'm at the driving range. Um, I'm oh. trying to work on my game. <laughs> Is that all quarterbacks are good at golf? Is that what you mean? Uh, it's a lot of the same movements, but you know, you want to be like the CEO. The CEO got to golf. You know, I got to be able to take guys on the course. So that's yeah. what I'm working on. How good are you? Uh, low 90s. All right. Low 90s. All right. All right. But so- I just started. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, are you better at chess <laughs> or golf right now? Okay, this is, I'll probably edit this out of the podcast, but this summer we met a nine year old master. Uh, He's this kid, he's an Israeli kid who's competing with adults online. Now, and he, he, he did this thing with me, Quincy, where he could beat me in a minute with a timer. And he, uh, (laughs) and he beat me every time in a minute. And you could probably do it too. All right, let's get into some football. So, uh, person you know very well and you've worked with through the years to Sean Watson signed a huge contract. Now he lost DeAndre Hopkins this off season. Is it possible? I can make the argument that this in ways that Sean Watson will be a better all around quarterback without having to worry about a number one wide receiver. Does that sound crazy or is that possible? No, it definitely sounds, sounds very possible. Um, and, and the reason is without that number one guy, like the true number one guy, um, who can kind of bail you out and you find yourself relying on maybe a bit too much. Now he has an opportunity to just really work the offense, go through his progressions, and just take what comes to him throughout the game. So it's going to give him the opportunity to just be really consistent um, and, and work the game plan and, and go through his progressions and his reads in a way that's going to allow him to just be consistent, more decisive in his decision-making. Do you go through every snap with him uh, on Monday morning? Yeah, so we go through every snap, then he heads into the facility, then um, I go through every passing play again, and I just share some more notes. But that's just kind of our, our regular routine. So I know you work on technique a lot too, but do you guys do you work on, hey, who should I have been looking at uh, on this play? Should I have been looking at this guy? Is, is that a big part of, of your job, or is that something Deshaun works more with the coaching staff on? How does it that's combine? Really- yeah, yeah, that's really on his coaching staff. Um, they, they're the guys who put the reads in place. Um, the, the thing that I ask the most when we're watching film is why. Like, why did you do that? Because um, the more that you can articulate your process and the things that you're doing and the reason why you did it, I think that's going to help you be more successful. Okay, I'm going to ask you about another quarterback you've worked with who's not in the pros yet but made some news. Jamie Newman, former Wake Forest quarterback, Went to Georgia, and now he is declaring uh, himself eligible for the draft. 
Now, there's been all sorts of rumors, people saying, oh, he might not have won the job in Georgia or this, that, and the other thing. I did some serious YouTube scouting, and you know I'm a, an elite YouTube mm-hmm. scout. Tell me what I'm missing here about Jamie Newman because he looks awesome. I don't know if that's a, a technical football term, but it seems like he's got size. He it seems like he's really good throwing deep. Uh, what what kind of prospect is he? What what are, what are you know? He's not going to have this year on film in college, but what are NFL teams going to see in him? I think I really like the awesome breakdown. If we just left it at that, I think we'd be cool. But um, no, Jamie, well, he's going to intrigue. A lot. <laughs> He's going to intrigue a lot of scouts in the same way that uh, Jalen Hurts intrigued scouts. Right? He has a tremendous ability to both extend plays with his legs, but like, truly be a threat in the running game, like make you have to bring another guy in the box. And that, that alone stresses defenses um, in, in that way. And then, and then we're going to move into all the things that he does throwing the football. If you look at his contested catch rate, he wasn't playing with a group of just – excellent receivers at Wake Forest, but what he did was throw the ball in very, very tight windows, very contested catches, and he did that time and time again, and he was very accurate in that way. So he's shown the ability to make the throws that you need to make in the NFL. The thing that he hasn't had the ability to do as much is really work through reads just based on the offense that they were working working on at Wake. Um, but for obvious reasons, he had to take a, take a seat this year. Um, and I can let you know that it wasn't because he lost the job. That is the furthest thing from the truth. But uh, with COVID going on, I just it made the most sense for him not to play this year. And, and I think that we're going to be able to develop all those things that he needs to develop in terms of working progressions um, and, and doing the NFL style thing. That's great. You know, that's what I kind of mean. I was watching him at Wake Forest, so I was handicapping right there. That you don't see a Wake Forest quarterback slinging the ball around like that. So to me, that's why it was even more impressive. And also, if you, you got to, I'll send you the YouTube link on YouTube because you're only seeing about eight plays. It all looks good. So, uh, okay, a couple uh, quick uh, quarterback questions. How did Cam Newton fall through the offseason for $1 million? And are teams going to regret not jumping on that? I know who's definitely going to regret it, the Chicago Bears. They're going to regret it in a major way. Um, but... I think what happened is there were some concerns about his injuries, um, exactly where he was at. And due to COVID, he couldn't come in Mm. to, you know, really get looked at in the same way that a lot of other guys could. So at that point, it's like, do we take a crapshoot on him without being able to see him? And then just the market, um, it decreased in a way where um, his market value, I guess you could say, was um, such a low number. And then it made sense for the Patriots to take, take a flyer on them, and I think that they are going to definitely reap the benefits of that decision. So, earlier in the offseason, he signs, and everyone's like, Jared Stidham still has a job. All the reporters in New England. and But just to the casual fan, I mean, it's such a no-brainer. You see him in practice. Imagine being in that huddle with Cam Newton. He's got to blow you away in person. I know you, you were around him a little bit this offseason. Physically, like, he's QB1 when he walks in the room, isn't he? Not only physically, but the way he carries himself, the way that people around him respond to him, it would be very, very difficult. And I think this is another issue. It would be very difficult for him to not be the number one guy mm. just because of everything about him and exudes the starting quarterback of our team. I think it would be hard for another quarterback to be in the building and to keep up a level of confidence needed 
um, to be the starter when Cam Newton is in the room with him. Oh, so you're saying like Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville would not have worked. You know, he couldn't have, he couldn't add Cam Newton looking over his shoulder. Right. He would just completely lose his confidence and lose the locker room. Okay. Another quarterback who got paid a lot more than Cam Newton and was just named number two on his depth chart. I'm going to let you guess which quarterback I'm talking about. A quarterback that I know as a, as an appreciation of quarterback and fine quarterback play kind of bothers you that he's getting paid $21 million to play quarterback. Who do you think I'm talking about? We have Nick Foles right here. Is that, that's got no, Nick, right? no, come on. I'm from Philly. Nick Foles can do no wrong. He is. Uh, he's also a, uh, a special teamer and a wide receiver. Oh my goodness. Well, the issue is you called him a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have said this guy who just does a lot of things, then I would have definitely said Taysom Hill, who's getting paid a whole lot of money to not necessarily have a position. And I think he's a, a useful football player, but I don't think he's a quarterback. And the amount of money they paid him just is uh, its wild. I'm happy for him and he got that much money, but I don't understand how that's a good move on their part. Well, we have these Saints reporters on, like Jeff Duncan, longtime Saints reporter. He swears that Peyton is telling everyone in the building that Taysom Hill is his Steve Young to Joe Montana, you know, passing off from Drew Brees. Explain that. I'm, I think that Sean Payton is not being very truthful to those guys. Um, I've seen Taysom Hill throw. There's a reason that he didn't start when Drew Brees went down and he only has thrown 13 passes in an NFL career, and it's not because he's a great passer. I saw him throw at BYU. I've seen him play football at the quarterback position, and I know what he can do, and I know he's not a starting quarterback caliber. What's he missing? What's what's wrong there? He can't consistently throw the ball accurately. Um, you can't throw the ball coming off the second progression. So, yeah, if he's doing some of that zone read stuff and he's just throwing to the first guy who happens to be open off that zone read, I think he can be successful there. But working his eyes and feet through progressions, which you would have to do as a starting quarterback in the NFL, he just doesn't have um, the tools to do that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take your guy out of this. Give me your your second-year quarterback breakout MVP candidate. You can't say Dwayne Haskins, who you work with, and both you and I I like a lot. And mm-hmm. you can't say Kyler Murray. Which of these guys has the bigger second year? Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, or Gardner Minshew? Drew Locke. Um, and I think Drew Locke by a landslide. Drew Locke is, to me, the most physically gifted of those three guys. Um, he's in a situation with some really good receivers. They're explosive, like everywhere. They've got a ton of speed. He's gonna he's gonna put the ball in the air a lot, and I think that um, the flashes that he he showed us all last year, he's gonna build upon that. And I think that um, he's gonna make a push to get like that six wild card seed this year. I like it. I had my, one of my breakout players earlier in the pod, Jerry Judy. I don't. How did he fall to 15 in in the draft? I know he's got like a knee thing, but I have a friend who's a reporter in Denver. Is like he is spectacular in practice. I saw Jerry Judy this summer in Florida or this off season in Florida, and I was absolutely amazed by the ability to run routes the way that he does, um, like the change of speed, change of direction. It really reminds you of like a Chad Johnson when he was at his Ooh. peak. You know what I'm saying? Those are the type of things he does. He's not the fastest guy in the world, right? So he's not just going to run by you, but he manipulates guys with his routes. Um, he's able to get guys blind spots, turn defenders around. Um, he's really going to find himself open a lot. 
uh, this, this upcoming season. Is he your guy of the rookies? I know there are a lot of them this year. CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Judy, Jalen Rager, who's a little banged up. Uh, it feels to me like Judy is the easiest candidate for a breakout star. But CeeDee Lamb's got to share the ball in Dallas. Yeah, if I was going to bet my dollar on like offensive rookie of the year, that's who I would bet my money on is, is Jerry Judy. Uh, he's just, I mean, he's so talented. Um, and, and then his ability to do things after the catch as well. He's going he's gonna to put those guys in a very good situation. Okay, I'll let you go here in a second. What did you think of the Alvin Kamara contract? I know it's a different position. I I don't like to pay running backs, but I think Alvin Kamara is just I maybe I'm speaking as a fan here. He's just different than everybody. Yeah, he's different and he's so vital to their offense. Yeah. They they get to run the slot option with Alvin Kamara, right? And he's a running back. So that means he's coming out of the backfield getting matched up on this weak side linebacker. And he makes that guy look bad time and time again. And that's one of Sean Payton's favorite calls. Mm. He goes to that time in and time again. So when you put so much of your offense on this guy, not only as a runner, but somebody in the pass game who creates a multitude of problems, let's say you go 21 personnel, that's two backs, uh, one tight end. And then what does the defense come up? Are they going to play base defense against that? And then you're going to get Alvin Kamara out there in an island? with the linebacker or safety, and they're going to be in trouble. Or now do they go nickel, and then you can start running the ball down their throat. So there's so many things that he allows you to do um, from the running back position. I, I don't see you paying him just as a running back. You pay him as a playmaker who can do so many other things. Um, and I would say he's a much better playmaker than Jason Hill. He just got $21 million. <laughs> All right. Uh, how can uh, people find out about everything you go going I mean, obviously you got the high-profile guys, but you're working with a lot of people right now. Where do you go, Quincy? Yeah, so if you're looking for anything we do, just download the Quarterback Takeover app on your any mobile device. You'll figure out all the things we have coming up. Or go to qbtakeover.com, and you can find us. And then uh, if you're looking for anything I'm doing, just look at uh, Quincy underscore Avery on, on the Twitter. Hey, what uh, are these guys who are opting out, not just your guys, but everybody, are they going to spend all fall doing draft prep? Is that is that going to be overkill at a certain point, or...? Like, what's Penny Sewell and these guys going to do all fall? Yeah, so um, I'm not sure what everybody else is doing, but I, I know the thing that I'm recommending to guys, right? Mm-hmm. The, the pre-draft process is long, tiring. Um, it's actually, to me, dip, more difficult than your actual season, not in terms of being physically demanding, mm. but there's no weekly, like, reward. Every week during the season, you're rewarded with the ability to play in a game. You don't get that in the draft press. Like, every day you're just training with nothing like in the foreseeable future. So it's hard. So I'm not going to necessarily do the same things I do for a typical draft prep until we get to January. We're going to make sure that they're in peak shape, um, that they're throwing the ball well and they're primed and ready so that when we get there in January, we're just building towards a great, uh, great combine and a great pro day. I think you, you guys are going to do well. I think you're going to have a big, big draft. <laughs> I don't care if a guy plays his fall because – I have to discount it. I mean, I can't. Did you see the BYU Navy game the other night? Like, one team obviously has been practicing, and one team hasn't. So I feel you're going to get such an uneven product on the field. It was like a JV game. Yeah. Right. And and nothing to take away from the coaches of these fine institutions, but yeah, it, it didn't look like what we would expect a Division One college football game to look like. 
Absolutely. So I, I don't I if I was advising guys, I would seriously say, you know, especially a position like a running back or someone who takes punishment, do not play this year. But I kind of always say that. Quincy, <laughs> I appreciate the time. Uh, I hope when this is all over soon, you can get up to New York. It sounds like I might need to take you out on the golf course. And, you know, no, I'm terrible. Mario, my producer, is <laughs> laughing at me. I, I shoot like a. You know, I, you'd have to give me like 30 strokes already. You just started two months ago. No, Mario's yeah. shaking his head. Maybe 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get dialed in here. I'll be in low 80s pretty quick. All right, buddy. Thanks for the time. Right. We'll talk really soon, okay? All right, Mario. Uh, that was really interesting. You know, Quincy has you know, played college football, has worked for – Worked for UCLA. I know the teams are sort of sniffing around about him because he knows his X's and O's. He explained much better than me why Alvin Kamara is important to the Saints. Are you on board with the Alvin Kamara train now? Now that he said it, yes. Yeah, 100%. Because it makes a lot more sense when he says it. Yeah, that's absolutely perceptive of you. No, of course. But I kind of like intuitively knew what he was talking about because when the Saints are awesome, Alvin Kamara is awesome. So you can't have... You know, Michael Thomas can't do everything for that team. I'm all about, I feel even better about Alvin Kamara now. Uh, but this year is going to be all about avoiding soft tissue injuries. You're soft. You know what I'm talking about. I've had a lot of soft tissue injuries. But I know really? exactly what you're talking about. No, I haven't. I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> Boy. The most fascinating thing about you that nobody except me appreciates is that your uncle was Luis Aguayo, longtime Philly, uh, who I grew up watching. Dude, your uncle was in the major, and you were a college baseball player. What are you doing sitting here and not collecting that $100 million paycheck you get for being a switch-hitting catcher? I wish I could tell you, Andrew. I wish I had the answer to that, but I unfortunately don't. You might be the biggest failure in this whole studio, by the way. You think so? I, I'll, well, I mean, you I mean, want I a Dartmouth. Said, yeah, that's true. Me and you are one and two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, my classmates are out there like... You know, making millions of dollars, but you had the genes and the physical skills. I've seen you throw a baseball. Yeah. You should be in the pros. I can spin it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I wish. I don't know what happened. I got hurt. You know, had a girlfriend at the time that kind of derailed me. You know, you know how it goes. No, I don't know how it goes. I have no athletic ability. How can a girlfriend <laughs> derail you from a baseball career? You just... Like Bull Durham? It's called love, Andrew. You just... Sometimes you can uh, get out of it, and then you get out of it, and you're uh, 24, and you can't get back into it. Wow. How old are you now? 26. I'll be 27 in a month from a week from now. Uh, and is 27 too old to try out for a major league team? Have you thought about going out on one of those open tryouts? Probably too old. I'm really happy with, um, I'm trying my best. I'm hosting the 1215 podcast. Yeah. I, my, you know, my career is starting to skyrocket in the media. So <laughs> that's something that I don't really want to, you know, give up just yet. <laughs> to try out for the White Sox? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I hope you enjoyed the return of Against the Grain. We're going to be doing this every week during the season. Uh, and, you know, you can, uh, we're going to tweet these out so you can track my possibly accurate predictions. Yeah. You don't buy it. I don't. The Alvin Kamara one I buy because Quincy said it. Dude, wait till Jerry Judy. Wait till you see Jerry Judy. One, one I've known Jerry Judy, by the way, since halfway through the fall. I'm like, they're burying him. I, want the, no Jets, idea I wanted the Jets to draft him, and they ended up with Mackay Beckett. Yeah, they, I mean, they've had such a great recent history, although their GM, Joe Douglas, is a fan of the DP show and a great dude. I have one question for you real quick, yeah. sidebar. So you, you were super in on the Browns, so you're out completely in the Bengals, that's it? Dumb. Yeah. Now I, Dalton's gone? That's the one team in the league I root against because Dalton's not there. Okay. 
Yeah, because you've been like a noted Bengals fan yeah. for as long as I've known you. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, this is the I've, first time I think I've heard you say you don't like the Bengals and you're done with them. Well, I, you know, we don't really have time to get into it, but I think the Dallas Cowboys are spectacular. They are just so talented. I think Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott is going to be a great marriage. I remember I was covering the NFL when Mike McCarthy came and took over in Green Bay. He breathed new life into Brett Favre and made him look unstoppable. Aaron Rodgers was unstoppable under him. I think Dak is going to totally have a great season and get paid a ton of money. I'm partly – am I allowed to have a little bit of Cowboy fandom as, in, as a Philadelphia native? No. Me knowing Philly fan base as well as I know it, you have – you're a traitor if you have any piece of you that's rooting for the Cowboys. But you're as as a Pennsylvania guy, you're allowed to root for Sean Lee, uh, former Penn State guy, just a little bit. But he's on. The, I think he's on the IR to start. You may be indicting yourself right now. I'd say quit while you're ahead. I, I'm an NFL journalist. I do not pick sides. I do not root for teams. I'm just warning you. I know that fan base. <laughs> yeah, I know that fan base too. They all root. They do root for the Eagles, but they also root for their personal bets. You've been down there, yeah. William Hill, a few times. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't all bet on the Eagles, do they? <laughs> Not always. No. <laughs> all right, thanks, Mario. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, right here on Against Great. Against Great. Against Great. Against Great.